When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. you guys play video games at all? Not in years, no. I haven't played in years either, but I do really like them. I think one of the reasons I don't play currently is because I have a hard time putting them down. And right. oh, like, yeah. so it's hard time for me suckage. to play for just like 20 or 30 minutes. Okay. I want to sit there and like play for four hours. Right. I was good with an A button and a B button. When they added the X button, I was out. <laughs> <laughs> nope, too much. It's like math. It's like once you start adding in letters, <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. I'm done. What is I'm this? Done. Well, yeah. since since we, I mean, video games have gotten insane. They are so good and they are so interesting. And yeah. and I I was te- I was teaching um I was t- re- just visiting a friend's uh, school and teaching students and and then I had meeting one on one with some students and I had given this lecture about writing and and then this this one of the students was like. Uh, have you played some of the the really more like experimental, like interesting games, like storytelling games? I'm like, no. And he he gave me some games, and these blew my mind. But and they're great games. But I, I have to tell you a story about one of them. So uh, the game like Firewatch. Have you heard about this? No. It's like it's a game where you literally just are alone in the woods. You're you you've lost your wife to like early all set Alzheimer's or Amazing. something. Like, you, you've lost wonderful. your wife in a tragedy, and it's this beautiful video game where you go to be a fire watcher in the woods, and you're just there, and then like weird things start happening, and somebody's mm. talking to you on the radio. So it becomes this like mystery story, but it's really just about 
getting over the loss of your wife and this like trauma. It's beautiful. It's like four oh, hours. Jensen says he's played it and he it's, loved it. It's he incredible. loves the idea of me dying in Alzheimer's <laughs> and and him being alone. Was in the it world Alzheimer's, Jensen, or was fire? it an accident? It was a car accident. No, some. It was. It was. Anyway, then there's. It this doesn't game. matter. I'm dead. The, he's happy. Dead. Okay. <laughs> then there's this incredible game that this student told me about that I played, and and this is why I'm talking about it today. It's it's called Gone Home. Okay. And it's. It's the coolest game ever. All you are, you just, it starts, it drops you off and you are a college student, a young college student, like, you know, 22 year old female coming home uh, to your house after being away for college and you're coming home to your house and your parents have left a note on the door. Go on. And the note says like, uh, you know, check the messages, whatever. It says, it gives you a little bit of information. And then the whole game is you just figuring out what's happened to your sister and where your oh, parents are. Great. And what's happened in the house while you've been gone. And it's set very specifically in 1993, I believe. So at one point during this game, all you're doing is you're walking around, you're picking things up and you're flipping through. At one point during this game, there is a TV guide <gasps> on the table and I, in the game, pick it up, flip through it, Boy Meets World is listed uh, no! as playing that Friday night. And I lost it. I was like the weirdest, like meta moment where I'm like, I am a time, I'm like a college student girl yeah. in this game. And I'm looking at my TV show that I was on in a TV guide. As in a teenage speech. boy. It was so weird. So I actually reached out to the creator because I found his, you know, I was like, yeah. dude, this was the weird, you probably get a lot of fan letters and stuff, but I just wanted to reach out and say, and he wrote back and he was great. He was like, oh yeah, I totally watch Boy Meets World. So that's why I picked that page in the TV guide because it was like my show. That's so it was cool. like the level of detail in this game is so great, you know, and it's, and it's basically like this crazy nostalgia trip to like send you back to the 90s. Right. Um, and in very similar to Firewatch, Firewatch, it doesn't turn out to be like this big dramatic mystery. It turns out to be a very emotional, wonderful storyline. Um, highly recommended. But yeah, isn't that true? Wow. Okay. Well, you know, it's That's also shooting awesome. video games now. It's like shooting a movie. So all my friends right. do this. They're all the top video game actors in the world and they're in full mocap. They've got the That's guns. So they're cool. breaking down doors. I mean, it's like you're shooting a film nowadays. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there's so much, it's, they're, they cost hundreds of you're millions of dollars film, to make. Also, I mean, the, the style of shooting is like playing make-believe with your friends. You know, yes, I love that. Right. It's like, yeah. You can be anything. You can yeah. be like a, cyborg person or whatever but yeah you, and you're just sitting around in giant green suits i love it it's crazy hi guys can i uh this is a, a husband of the podcast producer jensen carp can i suggest another video game while you're talking about them yeah of course yeah. there's a game called Unto untitled goose game do you guys know about this uh -uh. no no you you become just a very angry goose and you <laughs> you travel around a farm town and a different neighborhood, and your whole entire job in the game is to annoy residents of the town as a goose. I love so that. you steal their crops, you I steal their that. clothes, you attack them, you do whatever you can. The entire goal is to cause chaos as a goose. Wow. Cool. Are Someone these all on consoles? Like what? They the two I mentioned. Consoles. I don't think are on consoles. I played them on my computer. Yeah, okay. You, but... go, like uh, uh, Firewatch did end up on consoles eventually as like a digital purchase, but they start on PC. But okay. these games all end up on Xbox and PlayStation eventually. I don't even yeah. own a PC. I couldn't play if I wanted to. No. No, I don't either. Anyway, that's my contribution. Goose game. Love it. Someone stole awesome. that from the very serious Goose book. What? I can tell. Do you guys know that book? The Serious no. Goose? Jimmy Kimmel wrote a book called the, um, the Serious Serious Goose, and it's all about how this 
is a very serious goose. Do not even try to make this goose laugh. This goose will not laugh. This goose is very, very serious. He's strictly business. It shows him reading like a newspaper all about goose news. And it's just a very (laughs) serious goose. And then about halfway through the book, it's like, what's that? Oh, you think you can get this this goose to laugh? Oh, I don't think so. But go ahead, try. And then there's like a mirror page. And your kid looks at it. And it's like, go ahead, make funny faces. Give it a shot. This this goose will not giggle and you're supposed to like make all these funny faces and make these sounds. And then it's like, see, I told you. And then the goose starts to break. And it's like, wait, what's that? What is happening? What? You are a very silly kid. And then the goose ends up, of course, becoming a silly goose. Oh, you silly goose. And it ends with, you will be hearing from our attorneys. It's very very cute. It's a very cute book. I would like to suggest a Boy Meets World video game. Where you oh. can play one of our characters. It's like what Sean does after he sneaks I out the window. I want to be Yasmin Bleeth. You can or be you Yasmin Bleeth if you'd like. <laughs> I, I I think you could play Topanga, though. No, no. I really want to be Yasmin Bleeth, which actually I would like to tell, talk to you guys about. Okay. I, what's what's uh, happened? In the episode that we reviewed, The Thrilla and Phila, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, I'm not even in this scene. No memory yeah. of it. Well, I'm in the front row. We heard are you from serious? you are. Yeah, we heard. Yeah, I'm there. Heard, never, never given a featured shot. I even asked I know, him. Like, I never, asked her never given a featured <laughs> shot. Never even not a reaction shot. I'm just in the background in apparently the front row. Someone sent me screenshots of oh me God. very obviously there. I have less than zero of a memory of of any wow. any single part. Yeah, because you obviously didn't have any lines, so you were no. just yeah. there to be there. And it was probably a very long shoot because that was a long scene oh, and a so ton going on. Yeah. And so I probably just was asleep behind my eyes. And this was also pre you really being a professional wrestling fan. Correct. So this had was... you fa- had this been years later, you would have remembered every single thing that happened. Absolutely. Had this been 99 or even 2000, I would yeah. have remembered it. But yeah. I, I thought I you were going to say Yasmin Bleeth reached out to say she was, in fact, not on Boy Meets World. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wish. I wish that happened, too. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't. I somehow managed to forget Vader being there, Robert Goulet, Adam wow. kissing Yasmin Bleeth, the wrestling moves, you being lifted over Vader's head. I just that. Wow. So anyway, so you were there. That makes More repressed sense. memories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was not a fun day. Like I remember it being. I mean, maybe it was, it was fun for you, Will. It yeah. was. Yeah, oh yeah, my god, I remember it being so overwhelmed and not knowing what was happening. And I don't know if it was what was if anything actually went wrong or right. if I was just stressed out. But I just remember it being like really not great. Um, I like the energy of the chaos because we get yeah. that at our live shows where right. we don't know what we're doing and we rehearse for five minutes before we're going to start and there's something about oh, I don't know great. what's going to happen for that comment. pumps yeah. you. It's like, yeah. oh, I love that. No, it's a good energy to have if you can yeah. if you can bottle it right. But yeah. man, like I, I, I was not comfortable. But I think we I was probably just also shot that in sections. Now we're going to yeah. do this chunk. Yeah. Now we're going to do that chunk where what what feels like a fl- long flowing scene is actually taking you four hours to shoot in mini right. chunks. Right. Yeah. And so exactly. that probably added to the stress of the day because you're like you shoot for an hour and all you've done is a quarter of a page. Right. Yeah. I'd also like to maybe propose our new band name being mini chunks. Wait, we have a band? Well, we're going to soon. That was the other thing oh. I want to talk about eventually. So we're going to do a video game, a band. invent a time machine. Video game, band. time machine, band. And the band mini should be chunks. called Mini Chunks. I love it. <laughs> mini Chunks is not bad, and we're all kind it's, of mini. Right? It's not bad. You can, It could even be four-hour Mini Chunks if we wanted to get more meta with it, but that's <laughs> kind of sweet. It makes me think of vomit. I know. Exactly. That's why I like it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Especially if you say four-hour Mini Chunks. Now I'm puking for four hours. And- <laughs> yeah. Just like our first album. 
All right. <laughs> Welcome to Mini Chunks Meets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Roger Strong. And I'm Will Friedel. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ionic 5 is a tech Ford electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. <laughs> that is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. 
Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized, and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com slash world. So out of all the names that get repeated here on this podcast week to week, there are a few who just by their mere mention bring a wave of happiness and safety and comfort to the three of us. When you're a child actor, you look to the adults around you, especially those in power, to help you understand this weird world you've entered. And our guest this week was an absolute guiding light. He joined us as a director in season two, a job he was credited with over 50 times through the end of the show making him the director with the most Boy Meets Worlds in his name and an executive producer for seasons four through seven. A former U.S. Air Force sergeant, he began his Hollywood career as an actor, appearing in movies like The One Man Jury with Jack Palance and on TV shows like St. Elsewhere, 30-something and The Hitchhiker. He would eventually find himself working with Michael Jacobs at Disney, where he developed and produced not only Boy Meets World, but Dinosaurs, The Torkelsons, and the award-winning movie Quiz Show. Oh, I love it. It's like one of my favorites of all time. That's a great movie. Amazing film. He went on to direct episodes of NYPD Blue and Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Smart Guy, and so much more. And then he started teaching at NYU's Tisch School in 2008. But these days, he's living in Connecticut, working on incredible original paintings, and where I'm assuming he also churns his own butter. Okay. But I don't know that for sure. (laughs) Okay. He's uh, so incredible. You guys have seen all of his paintings. Yeah. I actually have not. What? I want yeah. one. I want I want I one want in my one home. Too. Yeah, I want one. I really do. I think they're like very badly. hard to get. I'm they hoping are. that today we get to like put ourselves to the top of a list or something. I but think he's incredible. he auctions them for charity. I mean, they're he's a legit artist. I know, right? Yeah. I'm not I can't even get through the rest of this intro without having yeah. to show you without showing you some of it because they're incredible. you will love it. Yeah. They're oh, absolutely incredible. No big deal. That's just his painting. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, they're Amazing. That's great. Amazing. Truly incredible. How do you find them? Can I Google him? Yeah. Well, he has an Instagram, Jeff McCracken Art. Wow. Yes. Go to Jeff McCracken Art and watch that. I mean, I hope this airs after we've already been able to secure ourselves a piece because now we're going to send so many people to this guy's. It is unbelievable. Yeah. And he does a lot of like New York subway pieces of just like real people he sees on the subway. It's just absolutely beautiful. Okay. Anyway, what a show off this guy, right? He's like good at everything. So we are honored to welcome a very, very important person in our lives to this podcast. Someone who lives very close to our hearts. Please welcome Jeff McCracken to Pod Meets World. Oh, oh there he is. So good hey to guys. see you, man. So Hello. good to see I'm you. Good. Oh, I've been man. listening to your podcast and I got to say, you guys are it just, it's well, so wonderful to hear you guys recap and talk about your experiences and uh and so you know now versus then and it's just uh you know you're basically growing up all over again it's really you must want to jump in at times right do you ever want to like no 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 that is not what happened (laughs) no no actually you know you guys are really pretty spot on really i think some of the other people that uh like um i've I've probably heard every one of them and um I, I it's wonderful to hear different perspectives from yeah. everybody. 
You know, it's yeah. a, it's yeah. the Rashomon of, of the show. You totally. Know? <laughs> yes. It's really great. It's really yeah. great. Yeah. Um, we, in your intro, I talked about your incredible art and I, oh. writer was not aware of your it. Instagram. It's oh, it's so I was oh, like, I can't guys. even finish this intro without showing him. So I sent him to your Instagram page. I also shared your art Instagram page with all of our, with all of our dear listeners. That's very sweet. Thanks. And I see that you have some of your, you have art behind you. Are you, are you in oh. your art room? Um, well, this, I'm in my studio right now. Yeah. Okay. And in your that, studio. That's, that's my latest thing I'm working on right now. I just, uh. Just started that the other day. So, yeah. Wow. Are these for sale? Can we get one of these? You know, guys, I, you know, here's the thing about the art. Uh, you know, it's really for me. You know, I spent 40 years in the business, you know, uh, working for other people, doing this, compromising for that, you know. Yeah. And so this was really for me. And uh, and I have a curator in New York who wants to uh, represent me and put me in galleries and do shows and stuff. But I told her, look, I only got about 30, 35 paintings right now. And I, mm -hmm. when I get a hundred paintings, then I'll just release them and you can do whatever you want with them. And then, wow. and then I won't have to worry about the business of right. painting for a gallery. Right. You want to still do it for its own sake. I want to keep yeah. it free and clear for me, you know? That's great. And uh, it's just what it is. You know, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not into it for fame or glory or money or anything. I just, it's really just for me at this point. It gives me such great pleasure. Something I've always wanted to do. Always, I've always been involved with. Uh, my entire life, uh, you know, and in fits and starts, you know, yeah. when I was in the business, I had no time, but, uh, but so now, just, yeah, once again, showing your just selfish nature, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, that you've always, always had. had. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Death and crack it. Selfish guy. I'm well, just a narcissist. <laughs> the opposite. The opposite. <laughs> <laughs> We also mentioned in your intro that you were a sergeant in the Air Force. How did you go from being a yeah. sergeant in the Air Force to being an actor? Well, it's so funny because um, it leads right into meeting Michael. Um, I was in while I was in the Air Force. I took college courses just to you know maintain my my sanity. And and uh, one course uh, was during the Vietnam War. Um, I thought, I right, here's a great way to meet girls taking an acting class. <laughs> And so I wanted to be an architect. And so I took an engineering course and an acting class. And the engineering course, I found out you needed math, be really good at math mm. or succeed at that. So that was a no-go. And so, uh, <laughs> but the acting thing was really fun. And um, even though I was still considered a pig by most of the students, um, uh, because I was in, you know, in the Air Force, um, right. in the military, I, uh, I I would do these scenes and the, the uh the teacher, the professor named Andrew Hepburn, he came up to me and said at the end of it, you know, you really got something here. Here's what I want you to do. Don't want you to think about it. I just want you to do this. I want you to go to New York City and go to the neighborhood playhouse with Sanford Meisner. Don't think about it. Just do it. And give it a year. See if it's for you. And wow. the minute he said to me, I just went, okay. okay. It was wow. like a light bulb, you know? Yeah. So I did that. I interviewed with Sandy Meisner. Uh, who is the guru of the school from the group theater. And he's, he asked me, he said, um, so why do you want to be an actor? And I went, Oh, I'm going to fail. I said, to I, meet I, girls. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I said, I really don't know. And he said, well then good, come here in the fall and find out. He didn't want, he didn't want a preconceived, preconceived you know, right. dialogue or, you know, a monologue about why I wanted to be an actor. In fact, Dustin Hoffman had done earlier. He had gone in there and, and, and did the whole, you know, uh, Rigamarar and and um, and Sandy said, uh, "No, I can't teach you. You already know everything." 
you already think you know everything. Ouch. Right. So, um, right. yeah. Well, let, allow me to name drop some other people who came out of the Neighborhood Playhouse School of Theater. Robert Duvall, Allison yeah, yeah. Janney, Diane Keaton, Christopher Lloyd, Gregory Peck, and Grace Kelly. Just Steve a few McQueen. alumni. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's an Steve amazing Steve McQueen, too? too? Come on. The, co- oh, yeah? the coolest man to ever walk the planet. No Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. oh man. Oh, yeah. No, no. Jeez. Gregory Peck. No, this 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 was an amazing school. And, and Santa Fe Mines was an amazing teacher. And we'll get into that, uh, you know, because I want to talk to you about what, you know, what brought me to you working with you guys and how and how it it, it informed everything, you know, yeah. and, and unknowns to you. You didn't really know what was going on, but I was like, you know, the marionette player trying to get behavior from you guys in very surreptitious ways. And you didn't even know what was going on because you were kids. Yeah. You didn't really yeah. know. But yeah. but it was it's a, it's a wonderful um, foundation for approaching the craft and and getting to you know your truth. So uh, we'll talk more about that. Um, but I but I you know um, I so I went to the playhouse and the first class I was in was a, you know the acting class and there was Michael and uh, wow. and he was in the class and um, real quickly um, he was the cut up. Always going for the joke. I I wanted to be a serious actor. I mean I was like you know I that summer I studied James Dean and my Brando and I was like I was I'm, I was geared for it man and. I went in there and I was going to be a serious actor. And here was this Michael Jacobs, always going for the joke, always cracking up, driving the teacher mad. <laughs> for instance, there was one exercise where you go, it's an independent activity where, um, and Michael's always bouncing around, always yeah. bouncing and always, you know. A little frenetic. Of, frenetic, just crazy. And, and, the, and the teacher said, Michael, you've got to learn how to be still. I want you to take this glass of water and I want you to put your hand, I want you to walk, fill to the top, and I want you to walk across the room without spilling a drop. Wow. That's your independent activity. Do it truthfully. So he's, he's, he, he fills the water to the top, and he looks around the class and puts his hand over the, the, the top of the glass and walks across the room. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. That's Michael. That was yeah. Michael. You know, he's just absolutely crazy. And, so, and then uh, in speech class, for instance, uh, the speech teacher would say, uh, we're working on the, on the, on the consonant R, red. And she was going around the room. Everyone was, she'd go red, 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 and red, red, red. And then we get to Michael. He said, she goes, red, red, red. And Michael goes, wed, wed, wed. And she goes, no, 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 no. And I know what he's doing. I know he's doing. Oh, I'm sitting right next to him. And I'm like, busting up. And so they go on the exchange time and time again. And so finally, she kicks me out of class for laughing. And there's Michael, you know. Again, gets away with it. <laughs> just being the cut up. So <laughs> we had an affinity for each other right off the bat. We would make each other laugh, and 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 we we became good friends after that, and uh, and that's how we met. So yeah. wow, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want to get. So you're in the neighborhood school. Then from there, how do you get into TV and film? Where does your acting career start? Wow. Um, well, what I um, it's a real wild story. Um, I um. Uh, I was in New York. Uh, I was invited back for the second year in their playhouse. And um, um, I left during the second year because my grandmother had gotten sick in California. And uh, so I went out there to t- and she didn't have anybody. So I went out to California to take care of her. And when I was out How there. How old are you? I, I was 21. Okay. 20, wait, 22, 22. Jeez. Yeah. And um, I. Uh, yeah, 22. And I went out there and I and, 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 uh, was taking care of her. She lived in North Hollywood. And um, I uh, was working at this restaurant called Josephina's. And mm-hmm. uh, 
and it was a great place on Ventura Boulevard, uh, Woodman and Ventura. And uh, so I, um, a great bunch of waiters in this place. And uh, uh, one night, this guy was sitting in a booth with two blondes, this Italian guy with two blondes. And I'm looking at this guy going, I know that guy. Oh, that's the loan shark from the guy from Rocky. And so, because uh, Rocky had just come out and it was a big hit. And I, so I walked over to him. And I said, "Hey, you're 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 from you're in the movie Rocky." He goes, "Hey, yeah, yeah, I am." And so uh, he goes, "Are you an actor, kid?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, you, what's your background?" I said, "Well, I just came out from the neighborhood playhouse." "Oh, you're a real actor?" I go, "Well, no, I don't I haven't done anything yet." He goes, "Well, I, you want to do something?" I go, "I was like, okay, right, right." He says, "No, I want you to be uh, in this movie. I'm doing with Jack Palance. Come on down and audition for a small role. One line, we'll get you your card." <sighs> and I go, "Okay," and I'm like crazy i'm like, I'm like well, how is this gonna work so next day i show up at the state as the studio and i auditioned for the uh the uh the uh, director and he says uh kid i want you to read for the lead in the film opposite jack and uh and joe spinell says like oh charlie we've already cast that role he goes i don't care i want to see this kid read for the lead and so uh it was the lead psycho and it must have been something if i did i don't know but anyway he goes <laughs> uh go out and improvise this scene with joe and they come back in and we'll do it. And so I did that with Joe and, and we did the whole thing where Pounce beats me up and gets a confession out of me. And he hires me on the spot. Oh and, um, my gosh. Yeah. And that's how I got my break. It's that's like how Hollywood I got my fairy tale, job. isn't it? Yes. It's like, I mean, you're waiting tables and somebody it, goes, yeah. I like your look, kid. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, let me give you a line. In the soda shop. Yeah, I know. It's, it was, it's the most Hollywood story. And I, I still didn't believe it. And then when I was doing the movie, the guys, like Tony Sorico from Sopranos, he came yeah. up to me, and all Richie Ferrangi, all these Italian guys. And they kept saying, hey, man, you're phenomenal. You're great. You're going to get an Academy Award for this. And I'm thinking, really? Jesus, wow. I must be, well, okay, it's cool. <sighs> but I, I am, you know, I'm going to go over my head. And so, but, you know, you're, you have that hope. And I'm with Jack Palance, and and we had some great scenes together and, and whatnot. And so I, uh, I go to the premiere with my girlfriend. I'm thinking, oh, this is great. This is going to be phenomenal. And you know, right off the bat, when a movie starts, to, you go, the music and the tone, <laughs> and you're looking at it, you're going, um, okay. I don't, I don't this, think this it's going to be great. <laughs> and then five minutes into the film, you realize I'm in the horrible film. Oh, oh no. I'm in the worst <laughs> film probably ever made. Oh, so, no. so yeah. So, and I'm a killer. I'm slashing women and I'm doing, and I'm, I'm sniffing panties and I'm, I, it's just, it's oh, the worst. My it's the worst thing I'm telling you. If you ever have a chance to watch it, it's pretty. It's pretty horrific. But I, I. So anyway, I, I, I. But I, but that was my 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 baptism into Hollywood, and and I never forget it because it it was a great lesson in humility, understanding the the fragility of the business. Yeah. Meaning, did, did I get a job right after that? No. You know, even me, me introducing right. the whole thing. But it was like a real baptism, you know. Yes. And I, it was really something that was really great for me because. It taught me uh, never to take anything for granted. So, right. okay, wait. So then I'm not to date you, but I want to get just kind of the time in Hollywood. Rocky came out. So this is what, 77? Mm -hmm. Right around 77 in, in yeah. Hollywood? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. dreams still came true in Hollywood at the oh, time. Yeah, of the, no. yeah, okay. It was only four, four networks on TV. You know, there was no cable. There was nothing else. There was only four stations on TV. No, networks three in the there. 70s, right? Fox it, wasn't yes. there yet. No, Fox wasn't even there. You're right. So Fox yeah. wasn't even there yet. Gee, so it was really a you know a whole interesting dynamic and and to show you that you know, one of the things that I really want to do feature films I really I, I thought this is it and and I kept doing auditions and whatnot and and um uh, and then 
uh, I got I got a movie with Linda Blair and played her boyfriend and did some other things. But then um, I got a play in in in, in L.A. at the Westwood Playhouse. It's now the Geffen. And um, Marshall Mason from their Circle Repertory Theater in New York was directing. And um, I didn't have my SAG, I mean, my equity card yet. And uh, it was only an equity only call. So I mm. I waited for the all the actors to be seen. And I asked the stage winners, can I, can I audition for Marshall Mason? And he said, well, I'll ask him. And he did. I read, he gave me the role and that's how I got my equity card. And then he invited me back to New York city to become a member of circle rep. And that's what I did. So I went back to New York after my grandma passed away. I went back to New York and I was, that's where I started doing a, a theater at circle rep. And that oh was my where I learned that writing is the key. Writing is everything. You know, whether it's not on the page, it's not on the stage. And the thing that we did every Friday was read an original new play. Um, and uh, with the with the author there, this wonderful repertory company, Bill Hurt, Jeff Daniels, Swoozie Kurtz, Judd Hirsch. I mean, just wow. an amazing Gosh. bunch of people, God. just an amazing group. And we would sit there and, and read this play for the author. And then we would discuss it. And if we liked it, we put up for a called a play in progress. We put on our feet with, with scripts in hand, mm -hmm. and then if we liked that, it was sent to a major uh, main stage production. Wow. So, um, and Beth Henley, Lanford Wilson, A.R. Gurney, I mean the John Bishop, the the the, the playwrights were just fantastic, and and uh, so I really got to learn. Uh, for those three years, I really I did I did plays by Beth Henley and Lanford Wilson, all these wonderful playwrights, and. And I got to learn how to really work as an actor, you know, mm. uh, on stage and with material, you know, and the process, learn the process. It was, it was uh, really great. And so this it's is like, now the early, this is the early 80s. You're back in New York. Yeah, yeah early 80s. And then uh, I did a play on Broadway. Steve Boschko saw me and brought me back to L.A. to do this series called Bay City Blues, which is about minor league baseball. Okay. And I didn't really want to do TV. I, I, I really, even with Steve Boschka, I was sitting there uh, talking to Steve and in the interview. And I said, I, I don't really know if I, and here he is. He's got Hill Street Blues. Yeah. He's, you know, he's like the king of, of TV. Yeah. Right. And I'm telling him, I really don't know if I want to do TV. And he's looking at me <laughs> smiling. He's going, I think you, you should come out to do I this. Think you show. do want to do TV. I didn't. No, no, not at all. In fact, uh, Michael, uh, I was living, uh, we were sharing an apartment in New York and, um, uh, I I got a script sent to me. I was I was being sent scripts all the time for TV, and I kept turning them down. And and I because I had done this uh, MOW in New York called Kent State, and it was about the four kids who were killed on May fourth, you know, uh, back in nineteen seventy. Um, and um, and I played one of the kids that got killed, and and uh, that did a lot for my career. People were like took notice of me, and they, mm. I was kind of what they call hot at the time, and and so they. I was meeting everybody for movies. And then, so I got this script from the Charles brothers called cheers. And I opened it and I looked at it and I was like, it's TV. And Michael said, well, let me see that. So he takes the script and he goes, it's the Charles brothers. It's Jim Burroughs. Yeah. I, went, I don't care. I took it and threw it in the waste basket. Oh my God. I know. I know. That's, <sighs> that's how smart I was. But, um, <laughs> But that's that's a hubris of me. You know, I I I didn't want to do TV at the time. And right. uh, Michael thought I was insane, but I, that's that's what I was. You know, that's what I did. And uh, and so I I am. Um, so but I did agree to go out to I, you know, I just got married. I, I did agree to go out to uh, to L.A. and do Bay City Blues. And um, um, and I and it was it lasted eight shows, I think, before it was canceled. And then um, and then we had a baby and 
um they hollywood came kept calling me for you know baywatch you know um um the, the um dukes of hazard all these shows they kept offering me all these shows and i kept saying no 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 so finally i got this mow called hawaiian heat and i love this story <laughs> and i thought hey you know this is the mow I'll do the MOWs, you know, that's okay. And it was about me and this, and this guy named Bob Ginty, this actor, Bob Ginty, and I were these two cops in Chicago, you know, who try to escape the cold and crime of Chicago and go to Hawaii and uh, and and find out that the crime is still is rampant in Hawaii and it's just a different, different uh climate climate. So the um so the, the MOW was pretty good, actually. It was it was okay, you know. I I I liked it. It wasn't offensive. And then they pick it up to go to series. And I thought, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. What do you mean a series? Oh, I just did the MOW. I'm not doing a TV series. I want to do TV. That was the clause. Is yep. it, is this, this is a pilot. I go, no, 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 no. No, it's just a movie. No, 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 no. So Sandy Bressler, my agent, kept saying to me, no, you're stuck. You got to do this. And so um, you love this. The first script that I got getting on the plane, literally, getting on the plane with my wife and new baby was me going undercover. And I'm a Chicago cop now, growing up in Chicago, right. Andy Sinkowski. And all of a sudden, I'm going to go undercover to be the top, to compete with the top volleyball players in Hawaii, <laughs> having never hit a volleyball in my life. Because there's a serial killer killing the top volleyball players <laughs> with exploding volleyballs. Yes! Oh, yes! Yes! Oh, I love it. Yeah. I oh. really love it. Yeah. So <laughs> imagine my ever. expression. Uh, we got to get to the bottom of this exploding <laughs> volleyball killer. Exactly. <laughs> Episode one. Spike for television. death. Oh, yes. That is yes. peak 80s television. Oh, like, I love yes. it so much. Oh, that would actually be a huge hit now. I mean, now that would work. Yeah, you know, you just lean into Tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You get Fred Armisen to do it with, you know, Bill Hader. I have so many questions about that show. I have to see that now because I have so many questions. Oh, you have no idea. The second episode was was Fritz Weaver, a renowned Broadway actor who's guest on the show because we had to go under, again, we had to find out who was killing, sacrificing virgins to the Pele in Hawaii. And it turns out he's the guy. Oh, he's, a, he's a curator of a Hawaiian museum who's appeasing the god Pele, and oh. and literally uh, the the virgin in question uh, for this particular episode was um, a, the forty year old uh, wife of the producer. So yes. you can imagine my eyebrows, you know, uh, oh, very active. This sounds day. like the best show ever made. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ioniq 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is a tech Ford electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. 
So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Summer is steadily approaching, and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation? Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and... Torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. So you're you're in L.A. with your wife and your new baby. And how do you and Michael now connect? Because the first project you and Michael worked together on is dinosaurs, right? Right. Yeah. So how do you now you're back in L.A.? When does Michael come to L.A.? How does he get in touch with you? How does well, Michael, um, he wanted he realized he did a God spell down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an apartment together in, in L.A. And this is before. Um, well, anyway, I, um, I'm trying to timeline was. uh this is before um, I went back to New York. 
he went to he went down to uh, Florida to do Godspell as an actor, and then uh, I guess that went okay. But then he realized when he was down there, when we were living together, he started working on on, on writing this play, and he would show me scenes, and I, I read it. And I go, That's pretty funny, Mike. And it was a play called Cheaters, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he kept writing it, working on it, and he went down and did this play, came back, and kept writing it, and then uh, got it to Broadway. He got it produced on Broadway. And I, you know, it didn't last long, but he got it made on Broadway. So I was yeah. like blown away by that, you know? And um, and then from that, he got a um um an offer from Al Burton in LA to do Charles in Charge. Okay. Come help write him write on be the head writer on Charles in Charge, which Michael did. I guess Michael I he I think he I think he wrote the pilot and everything. I think Michael did that. Um um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, and then the rest is history. He went from Charles Trout in charge to my two dads. And then my two dads, after my two dads was coming to an end, uh, Disney offered him a, a major deal that, you know, to come and create TV for them. Huge mm-hmm. deal. And uh, so he did that. And at the same time, I was doing uh, La Theater in the L.A. And I was, um, uh, we formed a, a circle rep branch in L.A. with a lot of great people, David Morrison, Shetty Farrell, all these wonderful people. And 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 um, and then what I did also was I was uh, still acting, um, and um, um, the, my buddies from the Josephine's restaurant had become producers and directors and feature there's a for, for their first feature film and asked me to be in it. But um, and I said great, but I and I helped them get the DP, all, all the DP, the casting director, all these people that I knew from the business, and so. He said, you know, you're kind of acting like a producer, you know? And I said, yeah. well, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing what I'm doing to help you guys. And so they went, oh, great, you know? And then I got this job offer for to do a film with Terry Gar and Shirley MacLaine up in Seattle. And so I I said to the guys, can I go do that and then come back? And, and they said, absolutely. So I'll be going for like uh, two weeks. So um, um, I went up there and um, while I was up there, uh, the... Um, the production had to start because they were going to tear down the baseball stadium that we were going to use. The, the, the film that they were making was a uh, pastime, one cup of coffee pastime. Okay. And, um, and so they, and they were after uh, Ed Harris to star in the, in the lead role. And um, I had seen this actor down at South coast rep, it, you know, Robin called me up in Seattle and says, you know, we lost our act. Ed, Ed can't do it. He's just coming off the abyss and he's exhausted. He just can't do the movie. So we need somebody. Do you have anybody in mind? I said, you know, there's this guy I saw down as a South Coast rep. He's really a good actor. His name's William Russ. You should look him up. He's oh really my good. Gosh. Yes. I was trying, you know, it's so Rusty. funny. I was trying to remember. I knew you had a connection to pastime, but yeah. I was like, when I actually looked it up, because we were listing your credits and we were talking yesterday, and I was like, he was in pastime. And I was like, no, he wasn't. Rusty was in pastime. I was yeah. like, wait a minute, what is this time. connection? Yeah, yeah. Now so, it makes sense. So, oh my yeah. god! And so I couldn't come back and do my role in the film because we so ran rusty. over up in Seattle. So when I came back down, the guys were like out of their element. And they said, "We really need you to come and help us keep producing this film, Jeff." So I said, "Absolutely, I'll, I'll, whatever I can do." And then uh, we ran out of money. Uh, the budget was for a million, and we needed five hundred grand more. So Oof. I. I had a buddy from mine from Hawaii, he had a stunt double named Shane Dixon, who knew Ted Knight Jr., who came, to, and I said, I arranged a screening where everybody would, we, we edit some scenes together, put some music, temp music to it, and then as a fundraiser, you know, to raise some money to keep going. And the, um, 
And this guy, Ted Knight Jr., came up to me afterwards and said, how much do you need? And I said, we need 500 grand. He goes, I'll write you a check tomorrow. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, so that was my foray into producing right off the bat, you know, raising wow. money and producing a show. So, and that movie went to Sundance. Uh, Harvey Weinstein bought, Miramax bought it. Um, it was the second year that, um, uh, you know, uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotapes was the year before us. Mm-hmm. And he bought us. And they told the uh, director, I want you to change the ending of the movie. And and Robinson, the Armstrong, the director said, no, we're not going to do that. We just won the award at Sundance. Why would I want to change the ending of the movie? He goes, I don't want the guy to die because Rusty oh. dies in the film. Right. And, and Robin says, I'm not doing it. So Harvey says, well, if you don't do it, I'm going to take all your P&A, your prints and ads, all your advertising, and I'm going to throw I'm it to this other film bought called Paris is Burning, and I'm going to bury you. I'm going to put you in theaters for one weekend, and then I'm going to bury ah. you. Can you imagine? He bought the film for like $10 million. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this guy's insane. And so then Robin says to him, well, I'm going to sue you. And you've never seen a happier look on Harvey Weinstein's face. Sir, he went, really? You're going to sue me? I mean, he was so happy. It was, it was like Mr. Lit, you know, the, the litigator in him just came out like, oh, it's oh, war, buddy. And wow. uh, oh. so Robin would not change the ending of the film. And the film was buried. And that's why it didn't get the, the do wow. it, it deserved. Whatever happened to that Harvey Weinstein guy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder no, just I know. no, he's a horrible man. Well, so, yeah, he, he's, he's wait, a sociopath. Wait, I mean, obviously here's a sociopath. Question, though. So. <clears throat> do, you, do you think that Harvey was right about the ending, actually? Do you think that maybe it would have been... Because that, that's good the thing. question, like, writer. What I said, good question. I mean, writer. I'm curious because, because you know, like maybe it would have been too. a better movie. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Okay, this is what I did during the ending of the when we, were, when we were shooting. I turned to the director and I said, you know, I don't. This relationship with him and Dee Dee O'Connell, who is the actress playing his girlfriend, is so wonderful. It's so rich and so great. The movie's premise is that he. He mentors a young black pitcher in the 1950s in a minor league team, and his one cup of coffee was tuning up to get back to the majors that was his that was his deal only he was never going to get up there, back up there but he had this one pitch that he had that he taught this young black pitcher and uh, and then in the course of this this this, this thing we, we're dealing with racism it was a great it's a great little film really and rusty is superb you know, i'm sure superb. yeah i mean sure. i love his i love him so much anyway so the um I said to Robin, you know, maybe we don't, we don't kill him. I, I, I love this relationship. <laughs> and he says to me, no, no, David Ayer, the, the writer, would never allow that. So I went behind his back and called up David Ayer and said, would you mind if we change the end of the film? And he goes, not at all. I wrote that in oh college. I don't give a <gasps> so I said, oh, Robin, Robin, you know, maybe we don't, you know, and Robin goes, no, we're not doing that. So he refused. and. That was it. Wow. Oh, man. Does a film stand by its own? Yeah, absolutely. It still should have been released. It should have been released. And yeah, still had its day. It's it's just a darker ending. It's it's just a it's a sad ending as opposed to, you know, it's an ending with hope as opposed to an ending that is, you know, a a Disney ending. Right. Yeah. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. 
the first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ionic 5 is a tech-forward electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, are you listening to us right now on some headphones? And if so, how about a little ASMR? ASMR, I don't even know what it means. Even more than ASMR, we're here to help you. It's time to learn about JBuds Mini from JLab, the smallest earbud on the market by a major brand. It's perfect for on-the-go listening to something amazing like Pod Meets World. It even fits on your keychain, and they're so small, you can sleep with them in. And it comes in five amazing colors, mint, aqua, black, sage, and pink. And it's got rapid charge, where in just 15 minutes of charging gives the earbuds a whole hour of battery life. Bluetooth MultiPoint also allows you to connect to two devices at once and switch seamlessly between the two. And we've got a deal for you. Use the code WORLD25 for 25% off. Oh, what a deal. Visit JLab.com now to find your kind of tech. And remember, WORLD25 for 25% off. Okay, so I have to, I, I could listen to you talk. I was talk just going to say, I could listen to these all day. Hours and hours, but I know our dear listeners are going to want to get to. Yes. What do you remember about then how the creation of Boy Meets World came together? What it, let's hear your, your Boy Meets World origin story. All right. So the first show that Michael ever did was this thing called Singer and Sons. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to give you a real quick how it led into Boy Meets World. Singer and Sons, uh, Garth Anseer was the head of TV at Disney at the time. I mean, Garth loved pot-bellied pigs. And he <laughs> Who said, doesn't? Yeah, he, and he said, Michael, I want you to create a show 
that features a pot-bellied pig. <laughs> like what, Green Acres? What are we talking about? He, right. And he goes, you figure it out. <laughs> so we had a pitch meeting with Brendan Tartikoff at NBC. <laughs> and, and we're going, okay. And Michael, and my, one thing about Michael is he is the consummate salesman. Yeah. His father oh, was yeah. the number one Levi salesman in, in New Jersey. He learned his trade from his father. Michael could sell you, you know, anything. I My favorite saying is he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a lady in white gloves. Yes, it's absolutely true. That is about 100%. He could sell a ketchup popsicle to a lady in white gloves in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so we go in there and Michael pitches this show. Two guys who live together with a pot belly pig. <laughs> <laughs> the star. Yeah. It's and, my and, two and, dads and, with and a he's pig. Vamping, <laughs> and he's vamping. And Brandon Tarkov sitting here listening and listening and listening. Goes, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. But what if you made the pig a monkey? <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, this is Brandon Tarkov? What are we doing here? What, what's happening? And and, and Michael goes immediately, yeah, yeah, two guys and a monkey. Yeah. Okay, so Work this is it. He's yeah. to vamp pivot, on that. Pivot. <laughs> And then he goes, but wait a minute. What if, what if, what if the monkey was an old Jewish deli owner? Michael says that or Brendan Tarnikoff? Brendan Tarnikoff. And I'm going, <laughs> what? Did he, just, did, did he just go from pig to monkey to uh, an old Jewish deli owner? <laughs> and then he says, and the guys that work for him are these black guys. I'm going, and so Michael is right on. He's, he's yes, yes. He's go, like, yes. Go, go, go. Just yes, and, Andy. Oh, my God. And we walk out of there with sale. <laughs> you sold it? Yes, he sold it. They shot the show. I've actually, I went, I've I looked this because Jeff told us this story. Last we, time we saw we it, shot. I looked it up. You can find yes. whole episodes yeah. on, and yes. it's not horrible. It's no. actually, but it's just amazing. But the genesis of that was like, that was our first show. And I thought, oh my God, you know? And and so then, and Don Tarnofsky was the head of the company at the time. And um, and we had a great office, by the way. And I have to mention, you know, Don Tarnofsky, Ann Johnson, Carlos Aragon, mm. Bunny Buckley, yeah. you know, uh, Richie Ardella, Geraldine, Richie Ardella. Amazing they, people. The be- most wonderful people. Anyway, but um, so, um, so from Singer and Sons, um, we then got dinosaurs. Brian Henson came into the sh- mm-hmm. Disney wow. gym, had just died. It was his idea. And dinosaurs is a whole nother story. So I'm on dinosaurs for two and a half years, you know, for three seasons. And while I'm on dinosaurs, um, April Kelly comes in and pitches Boy Meets World. Okay. And and Michael loves the idea because it's it's him. Yeah. It's, it's right. so him, you know, Ben is him, you know, it's, it's like, right. that's, it was his, his conduit to express himself as a kid and, right. and, and, and create the childhood he never had. Right. So I was like, wow. Okay. And um, so, uh, so I remember the, the contention between Brian, uh, April and, and Michael a little bit. I remember that, you know, it was, it was, it was tough. Uh, Michael's very headstrong when he wants something, he's going to get it. He's, He's one of those guys that's uh, that he thinks he knows everything and, and better than anybody else, and and it's that kind of hubris, that kind of confidence, that made him uh, a force to reckon be reckoned with. Yeah. It just, yeah. it just yeah. was, you know, yeah. um, and 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 he kowtowed to no one really. Um, he played the studio, the networks, uh, beautifully. I, I yeah. watched him. He was a master at it. 
yeah. really was a master at it. And, and there's, it was no accident. He was, you know, I would, if I was to say, what's Michael's greatest gift? He's a great hustler. He is yeah. a great mm-hmm. hustler. Right. But right. he's also very talented. He is. Yeah, he really is. In his in his domain, he's very good. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. But um, so when I first went to the first, um, I, I was so busy at dinosaurs. It nearly killed me that show. But the the thing with um, boy was I remember that that um, during the casting process again they had cast Matt McCoy as the father. Yeah. Right. The yep. pilot. And again, came up. Who, you know, they weren't happy. And I thought, well, there's this wonderful actor I know that. So, <laughs> this wonderful actor that I did. that I you know, back on Rusty. Yeah. That I yeah, love. Uh, you know, I just did a film with it. And Michael had seen it. And he went, that's right. That guy's great. And so that's what happened. Rusty came in. And, um, and I remember, the, the, you know, uh, the casting for, I mean, I was in in on the casting every minute. I was so busy with dinosaurs. So I, I'm a, probably the last good person to ask about the real genesis of boy. Um, I was kind of flying the wall. I would go to readings. I would go yeah. to uh, the run throughs, but not a lot. Um, I would go to the shows for sure. I would always go to the shows yeah. and um, enjoyed it immensely. I, I always thought, but again, I looked at it kind of, I kind of poo-pooed it. I was kind of looking at it going, well, I'm doing feature because I was brought on with Michael to do feature films. Right, you were going to do the feature film department, right. Yeah, because I just wanted the award Sundance. And 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 he said, well, come to Disney and you do the feature film department stuff for my company and I'll do the TV and, you know, and you make some money and you can go off and do whatever you want to do. And I I thought, well, that's a great, 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 you know, you you know, opportunity. So I did that. And so the first thing was Singer and Sons and I'm kind of like, okay, and I'm looking for films. And the second thing was dinosaurs. And I had no time to look for films right. until finally I um, did find a film recommended, uh, a documentary recommended by Brian LePan and David Kaplan, writers on staff of dinosaurs. I said, hey, you should look at this uh, documentary. And it was Croy Show. Yes. Wow. Well, that started. But so I was doing dinosaurs, uh, getting Croy Show ready to be produced, uh, developing it, and then getting it produced. And then... Uh, as that was all unfolding, um, Michael said, I want you to come over and, and, and uh, direct a Boy Meets World. And I thought, I don't know. I'm <laughs> kind of in my own world here. I'm doing pretty good. And the, the TV nearly just killed me. And I think I want to go just focus on the features now. And he said, no, 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 come over. And, and you know, so I, I, I came to a couple of uh, tapings. You guys were having such a great time. And yeah. the show was growing exponentially that I remember that's what I remember most I would say to Michael because we hung out a lot and I would I would give I would ask him about the show his direction and and this and that and he would always ask me what do you think what do you think what do you think and I would I would give my honest opinion lots of times I thought it's too jokey or you're going for the joke as opposed to human behavior um you're sacrificing mm-hmm. the characters in this in this scene or this show mm-hmm. and I would be very honest with him about stuff and um and and he would sometimes listen to me and sometimes think I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what I was talking about. So, um, so when it came time for, for this, uh, the end of the second season, um, he said, I want you to go down there and, 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 and direct one. And so I went down there and I love David Trainer And, uh, Although he looked at me and goes, why are you here? <laughs> like, uh, uh, nobody uh, wants me to trail. And he goes, I know what you're up to. I go, no, no, no. Yes. <laughs> Checking things out, man. <laughs> he was very protective of your show. He was yeah. so protective. He was like, you know, 
Nobody messed with my cast. Nobody messes with my show. You know, he was, he was very protective yep. of us. Very he proprietary. Was. Oh yep. my God. Oh, he, he was like, he was vicious. I was like, no, don't do that. <laughs> peace, peace, brother. I love you. <laughs> I got my peace. But, um, but anyway, um, I, 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 I trailed and I watched how he worked with you guys. And I watched uh, the, the rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, it was a play every, it was a play. I was like, this is a play every week. You're yeah. it's a five, it's a four day rehearsal. And when you shoot on the fourth day and sometimes, but it's, and you, you shoot on the fifth and before live audience. And this is, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So now fun. I'd done a sitcom um, with Carol Kane uh, as a guest and uh, with a, the guy who directed me on Broadway, Barnett Kelman. And that was fun. Cause I, I was, you know, but as an actor, you, you, you walk in, you do your stuff and you leave and that's right. it. Directing was a whole different animal. Yeah. And I thought, well, because I directed some dinosaurs and I thought, but this is a different animal. This is a whole different, you know, gestalt. And so I, um, but I, I have to be totally honest with you guys. The thing that brought me to it closed, closed, was a closer where you guys. Hmm. Really? You, absolutely. I watched you guys. There was such a purity, such a wonderful, um, I don't want to say innocence, but um, naivete. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that goes yeah with your age, but but your your openness to mm-hmm. to 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 doing the work. There was no there was no attitude. There was no, no cynicism yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It was just absolutely. Just let's go. You know, and um, and of course, then there's Bill Daniels and Rusty and Betsy. Sure, yeah. And I'm, yep. and, you know, yeah. And I'm thinking, well. I get to work. I, I did a scene else with Bill Daniels. I, you know, I, I was like, I, I adore that man. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, so I said, okay, um, I, I want to, I'll do this. And, and so I directed it. And once I directed it, that was it working with so, now, Daniel, you weren't in that episode, but, um, um, you know, I have to say the first episodes that I was, I was getting my feet wet with Michael. Mm-hmm. Cause he, you know how he works. And how he was very hands-on, extraordinarily, you know. And I would, the only thing that upset me was when he gave notes and how he gave notes. And and um, sometimes we're very, very uh, uh, cruel. But then I realized what he's doing, because I talked to him about it. And when I realized what he was doing was he was rewriting as he was giving you notes. Mm-hmm. He was already, he's already, already rewriting. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so even though he's giving you these, these critiques, in his mind, he's figuring out how to make it better, how to make it work. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many times he would spend five, 10 minutes talking to you about something that disappeared in the script. Right, exactly. Yeah. Day, right? Yeah. So so he was rewriting right from the get-go and kind of exhausting everybody and, and, and being a, a bit, you know, I wish he had taken that and... You know, because there's no other no other showrunner that works like him um, yeah. uh, that I've encountered, you know, um, that was that, you know, vocal. Yeah. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. 
The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ionic 5 is a tech Ford electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, are you listening to us right now on some headphones? And if so, how about a little ASMR? ASMR, I don't even know what it means. Even more than ASMR, we're here to help you. It's time to learn about JBuds Mini from JLab, the smallest earbud on the market by a major brand. It's perfect for on-the-go listening to something amazing like Pod Meets World. It even fits on your keychain, and they're so small, you can sleep with them in. And it comes in five amazing colors, mint, aqua, black, sage, and pink. And it's got rapid charge, where in just 15 minutes of charging gives the earbuds a whole hour of battery life. Bluetooth multipoint also allows you to connect to two devices at once and switch seamlessly between the two. And we've got a deal for you. Use the code WORLD25 for 25% off. Oh, what a deal. Visit JLab.com now to find your kind of tech. And remember, WORLD25 for 25% off. Well, we are in season three of our rewatch now, and right. we are starting to see the Quarry and Topanga re relationship really kick into high gear. And we're also seeing the Sean and Mr. Turner relationship kick into high gear. Yeah. And with that, also a little bit of the Eric Feeney relationship starting yep. to kick into high gear. Yeah. 
Do you remember or how much do you remember about the goals coming out of season two and heading into season three? Because you almost exclusively directed season three. John Tracy's done. John Tracy did the first one. And then we're going to start getting into a lot of your episodes. Yeah, it's the McCracken age is just about to start. We've entered the McCracken era. We've entered the McCracken era. And so what do you what do you remember about the goals? Release the Kraken. (laughs) Well, um, what I remember um, is is. because, you know, as I said, our families were very close uh, at the time. And um, I spent a lot of time with Mike. We rode motorcycles together. We did all just tons of stuff together. And anyway, when we did talk about the show, um, it was it was generally um, about, because he knew, one of, the thing, one of the things about our relationship at the time uh, and work, our work relationship was he knew where I was coming from. Yeah. Um he knew I was a serious actor. He knew I was serious right. about the craft. He knew I was serious about, you know, moment to moment, you know, living truthfully under imaginary circumstances, uh, you know, uh, nothing, taking nothing for granted. Don't sacrifice the character, you know, being very, you know, honoring the truth. And, and I think that he, he loved that because I gave him a grounding yeah. for the characters. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you watch the show, you guys started to get deeper and deeper. That, yep. that yeah. show with, you did with um, uh, the Double Lie. Um, that was mm. the first one I directed in the season three. Yes, episode two that, of the season. And that's and that that show for me um, was the beginning. I thought of 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 where the characters. I mean, other there are other episodes where things started to percolate. There's no question, but. I thought that was a consummate show for everybody uh, where, yeah. where you got to see everybody's future in the show, mm-hmm. um, except for Danielle, because she wasn't in the show. Wasn't there. <laughs> but, um, uh, and I have to say, um, and I'm not trying to be a brown noser, but um, when I did get to direct her, uh, it was just fantastic. I, I, you, you all were so wonderful to work with. I, you know, uh, Will, to see Will grow from, the goofy, you know, nut job uh, into a consummate comic. Mm-hmm. And and Ryder was always, you were always the heart of the show. You had this this wonderful sensitivity and you were the goof for the first two seasons. And then to <laughs> see you grow into this, you know, and this and this especially this episode too, where you know, you know, yeah. that scene with you and Tony Quinn was just fantastic. I mean so just good. fantastic. Yeah. And I and I really was so proud of you for that in that scene, uh, and, and uh, you guys worked off each other so brilliantly. It's and, so uh, gorgeous, amazing. Yeah, mm. just brilliantly. And and I and I just uh, I, I that's when I knew I had to direct this show, um, is because of scenes like that, of, of yeah. behavior like that. Yeah. yeah. Watching, watching uh, like like Will, you know, uh, time is impeccable. One of the funniest guys I've ever worked with. I, he just yeah. has that <laughs> instinct, that intuition that yeah. grew. And grew at first. It was a little broad, a little, you know, jokey. But then he got so deft and so masterful yeah. at <laughs> being able to do it economically. And it was yeah. just a joy to watch that growth. Just a Thank growth. You. Seriously, a joy to Thank watch that. Thank you. Growth. I have to um, say too that double lie script was a Matthew Nelson script, yeah. and yeah. we've had I think only two of them that we've encountered thus far, and they are just Amazing. superior scripts. Phenomenal Amazing. Scripts. Yeah. Well, Matt, I saw uh, A. Ann Johnson uh, came to our office one day. She was working with with me, and and she said, "You've got to see this guy, this play in in Hollywood. His name is Matt Nelson. You got to go see this play. So he's mm-hmm. really good." So I took Michael, and we went to see this play. 
we hired him that night. Unbelievable. Yeah. And um, Matt would really, he, he, he's a real playwright. I mean, yeah. he really got it. Yeah. Really understood the, the uh, structure and character. And those scenes just, you know, shored out. So I, I'm I'm really proud of that 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 show in terms of the writing. I think I think everybody did a great job on that on that on that show. And um, uh, but the actors, I mean, everyone, there's it's flawless. It's a flawless episode, really. Yeah. When I look at boys. Really, it's really great. I'm going to ask you the question we get asked all the time. Okay. Do you have a favorite episode you directed? No, I I do. Um, I love. Well, obviously, I think everyone loves this show. And then there was Sean. I think that, yes. <laughs> we we had such a great time making that. And it was, and even though it nearly killed me, but we it, were driving you crazy. We were really driving nearly kill you. Crazy. It's the only oh. time we, we ever saw you mad. The, the only, only time, time we Jeff ever made you it. mad. Honestly, I mean, maybe we made you mad privately, but we never knew it. The mm. only time <laughs> we made you mad, like mad that we could see, like, oh, we have crossed a line, yep. and it was. <laughs> It was so we ne- we loved you. We wanted yeah. to always be in your good graces. We never wanted to make you mad. It was a sure sign that we had absolutely crossed into a thing where it was yep. out of our hands. Through because the even glass. after you yelled at us and literally were like, "Let me know when you're ready to work," we and stormed stop. off set, the first thing we did was bust up laughing. And it was like, "What stop. are we doing? What are we doing? This is a person we love." We shot to like trying. one in the morning. It was yeah. oh, oh my god. Oh my it god. was a nightmare. It was. It was only the clock. It was the clock clock it was like you know it, it was something we shot in in disney world that's another one that was just an absolute mind bender oh but, yes uh, but, but and then it was sean though but it, this it was such a smart script by manel you know yeah. when mm-hmm. that script i don't think almost a word was ch- changed in that script yeah, yeah. Really it was a note perfect script when it came in jeff was just you know he's a film buff and yeah. he just nailed it and and so to be able to you know just to pick it apart everyone said how are you going to shoot this i go I'll find a way. And, yeah. and so we worked through it and you guys were having such a great time. You know? So much fun. It so lent fun. itself to that. It was just so much fun. You know, and we so- had Manel on the show and one of my favorite stories we've heard from anybody who's come on the podcast was that he got, he got they were like, all right, here's a great idea. Manel, you're going to write this script. And he wrote it in like less than 24 hours, but then had to pretend it took him the whole time. So <laughs> yeah. like, how's the script coming? He's like, oh, I'm working really, really hard working on tough, it. But it really been done and, yeah, <laughs> still working. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Do yeah, you yeah. buy any chance remember the name of the actor that played the janitor that killed people <laughs> the janitor yeah uh, he was yeah. a background actor oh i know yeah no um no one can remember this man's name no, it's frank um <gasps> frank lowry frank <gasps> i'm frank writing lowry. it down we're gonna start looking i think his name is frank lowry yeah. frank sounds right frank does sound right with the minute With the you, said frank, you said frank i was frank, like frank, frank is right oh. If you just pulled that name out after, right. uh, we're gonna search. We're gonna oh, we're gonna search his name. Frank- uh, it's in Lowry Low Low. It was a Frank something. It was Frank kind Low. of an Italian L O W R E Y. I don't I don't know uh, the exact spelling. Uh, but did you ask Sally Steiner? We did. She did not know. Wow. Neither did Dee. We asked Dee Dee, and Dee Dee oh didn't know. No. no. Oh wow! 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 Well, the the tricky but, part is we had had a janitor Bud earlier. Yeah, yeah. No, he, I know him a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. No, no, in no. Season two, but well, this, this guy was the one. This is a one-time gig because of his right. look. Right. We, yeah. we cast totally because of his look. 
Okay, so and then there was Sean is your favorite, like all of ours. Well, I, yeah, but then the, the, the long walk to Pittsburgh. Um, oh, yeah. the, was that a two? What, what did it end up actually it, it being a two parter? It was a two parter. It was a two parter yeah. that we did in both those shows. That the, I, I have a real affinity for that show because you and Ben were just so. Excuse me. So good. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll just sleep. You're good. You You're good. <laughs> Uh, no. thank you. That's no, it that's was, it nice. was, uh, and, and it just had a, it had a cinematic feel to it. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It, was just, it had a, it had a, um, a tone and a, and a, and a value that was really fun to work on with you guys, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things that's interesting too, with, with working with you, you know, my, my principal job was to make a safe set for you guys. And that, that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was a, you know, people kind of equate directors to sometimes traffic cops, you know, but, but the, I think what's really important uh, was what we did um, together on that on that set was was create um, first of all, I, you know, getting to know you personally wasn't really in the cards because you were either in school or on the set, you know, or home. Right. And and but I we hung out enough to I I I'm curious to see what you guys think when we would would get to the set after the table read. What do you remember is the first thing we would do with me? Do you remember? I thought we would read the we scene. We would read the scene. We'd read it before we'd, we'd start it rehearsing. Without putting it on its feet, we'd read yeah. it. Right? We'd I read remember. it out loud. Yeah. And then what I remember is that you always asked us what we thought we should do. Where remember. do you want to start? Because I'd go like, yep. okay, where do you want me? And you'd be like, no. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Where, yeah. Do you, where do you want to start? Let's try it. And there was this absolute sense of comfort. Like, yeah. Yeah. there we yep. could do no wrong. Like there, there was, was no, no there was no right or wrong. There was just, well, there's the words in the scene. We got to figure this out. So let's all yeah. together as a team figure, figure this out. It out. And yep. we owned it and you were there to like just guide guide us and help us. And then, yeah, I remember blocking was always so easy with you. Like it was yep. all, it was never like stand over here, get over there. It was always mm-hmm. like we were coming up with it ourselves with yeah. you in discussion and and I could feel that even like we just watched the double lie episode, I could feel the blocking like it was being driven. It it, it was being I, I the scene with Tony, especially I was watching how we were moving and I was like, we are we are the blocking is being driven by the internal emotion in a yeah. new way. And it's natural. Like we, it's natural. And it's yeah. it's it's feel Motivated. it suddenly felt like a different show. And I know that that was because of you, because there was a sense of freedom and confidence that we were getting and you know and we were also just getting older and the writing was i mean a lot of factors but but i could tell the blocking just had this different motivation behind it, it you know there and that's you what i remember feeling is like that we were guiding it you know it was it felt, it felt like a play it, it and, it, like, and it shows it absolutely yeah. shows on camera i mean every yeah. single time we this is what the second or third of your episodes that you've done so far second, second. second. Yeah. and we there are times where we've talked about where there's a comfortability that came from. I remember a couple of my scenes being like, "Wow, I felt more natural there." And then somebody, either Ryder or Danielle, would be like, "Oh, this was a McCracken episode." McCracken it's like, "Oh, yeah. that's right. Oh, that's right." Because we love David Trainer. Nothing against David Trainer is a David wonderful is director. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. He, yeah, but he was he was more a um, you know I was more afraid of David Trainer. You were that intimidated by yeah, Trainer by, yeah. by Trainer than I was of you. You and again, it wasn't a bad thing. Trainer was a, is a great guy and was you know will be my first sitcom director ever. And you always forget your first. I always remember your first. <laughs> but um, with you, it was exactly what Ryder said. It's like we would get there and it, it felt like a company. 
Yeah. Did exactly. that make me you you felt us. like an acting company? And, and it's like, yeah. here's the show we're going to do this week, as opposed to, all right, go stand over there. You come down the thing. Here you go. Hit your mark. Hit your line. Right. It was just, yeah, it was it was different. You made, you, you, you made it more of a sense of a team, if that made sense. That's great, guys. Sense. You know, that makes me feel so good because it's exactly what I wanted to provide for you guys. Yeah. We were always talking about motivation. Your motivation, your and I and when I watch you, the reason why I gave you that freedom is I would watch your instincts. Instincts yeah. don't lie, you know. And you're you guys were open vessels. I mean, so you knew your characters. You knew, you know, we would read the scene. If we had any questions, we would talk about it. But there was this innate sense of when I said, "Let's okay, let's put it on his feet." You always, you know, I always. You know, is you guys direct, so you understand blocking and for camera and this and that. Sometimes you have to, you know, steer things in certain ways so that you're getting your coverage correctly. But bottom line was I would watch you and we'd get up there and you would always go to exactly where I thought you should be. It's, it's, right. It was hmm. uncanny. It was so uncanny. You guys knew where you belonged in a way. And if I need to nudge you a certain way or do this, it would be a question of, you know, What's your intention? What do you want? Yeah. You know, what What do you want to do to him? And you guys were great listeners too. You know, that's the, the whole art of acting is listening. And you guys really started to, you were really listening to each other. You weren't going for the joke. You were listening to each other and your timing improved because of it, especially Will. You, you, you and Feeney were hysterical because you guys you really were working off each other. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. you were working off each other beautifully. Well, I think there is something something that was a great combination about starting with David Trainer than having you come in because there's something about David gave me the technical side of it. Like it was yes. it was that kind yes. of the class that I took was the technical side of being on a sitcom. And stay open to camera. Exactly. Don't walk in a lab. Right. You know, like, all the, the stuff, stuff you need that you to have know. To learn. Yeah. And then you came in and kind of gave it the soul. If that yeah. made sense, where it's like, all right, that's in your feet. Now let's see where you can actually go with it. And it, it and did. It took it to another David level. Trainer, David Trainer really set the template. I mean, I watched him create that amidst dealing with Michael. You know, this this was yeah. a, a a real you know tag team. And I've also mentioned someone else who is in absolutely um, vital to the success of this company. It was Bob Young. Yeah, vital. He ran dinosaurs for two and a half years for Michael. He was there for Boy Meets World, and every we, we had six, seven shows on the air at sometimes. You know, it was, wow. it was insane. So, if it weren't for Bob Young, Michael would not have succeeded. I'm, and I'm wow. telling you that Bob yeah. Young is the reason that he gave Michael the stability and the ability to navigate everything. I'm, I really mean that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a an amazing person. Um, you know, and and humble, and doesn't he's just yeah, we love Bob. Amazing. Yeah, we love Bob. Well, you saw us grow up throughout yeah. the series. I mean, you really saw us. I was 12 when we started, 19 when we ended, right? Yeah. You know, writers a year and a half older than me and Will four years older than me. So you really, yeah. I mean, we were all teenagers when we started or not even quite, and then saw us all the way through our 20s. Do you have, I, we talked about how fun, how, how much fun we were having on And Then There Was Sean, but do you have any personal favorite memories of each one of us from your time of especially Ooh, season three wow. and four, where you were there almost every single day directing almost every single episode of those two seasons. Well, as I mentioned, you know, the the characters, um, you know, Ben was was amazing. I, I have to, you know, my hat's off to him too, because yes. I, to watch him uh, work as facile as he did, 
Yeah. He carried us. He totally oh carried God. us. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. I, you know, that, that boy was, man, right now, future congressman. <laughs> I, I, I just look at him when he was, and, and I was, uh, I was awestruck by him. Um, yeah. I, 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 you know, I knew he was Michael's muse and I knew that he was uh, the extension of Michael's comic timing and, you know, the whole d- dynamic. Um, but he, he really, um, you know, as an anchor of the show, he, he just carried it. And I, I, um, was in awe of that. And sometimes he was a challenge to work with, you know, with his attention and this and that, but, <laughs> but he always showed up. I mean, he always delivered. Yeah. And, and, and what was great was um, there was no ego at work. There was no, I'm better than anybody else. I mean, this is what my, my opinion of him, or impression of him was that he was in that zone and um, he, and he was generous. Uh, in those scenes with Ryder, he was very generous, you know, uh, with you. And 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 you guys were equal footing. It was totally 50-50. There was no, I'm I'm the star of the show. He he never pulled that any, that I saw ever. And and uh, and uh, he could have easily, you know, but he didn't. As far as I'm concerned, I didn't. I never saw it. Um, um, sometimes he would joke about it, but 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 it was <laughs> never something that he would you know act on. And so. You know, Ben, watching him carry the show was 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 amazing to me. And 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 um, I think in, in all the episodes I ever directed, I only got really mad at him once. You know, in terms of his attention, he was just mm-hmm. so ADE one day. I just went, Ben, stop it! You know, and, and he, did. <laughs> he had right. that same Michael Jacobs yeah. energy, energy you talked about from yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, and uh, and 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 you know, so but he's yeah, he was amazing. And and um uh. When when Michael would get him to do certain things um, that were to me a little too jokey or too crazy, you know, Michael comes from the Tex Avery, you know, yeah. Warner Brothers cartoon sensibility. That's that's Michael, right. you know. Right. Uh, he's Mr. Looney Tune, and so and he loves that stuff, and he loves to to go for the broad joke, uh, like like they want you to take the roles, you know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely classic. I mean, there's no better, you know, there's no better moment, or or when you guys do the together, you know. Yeah. I mean, th- those are classic Michael moments, and so, um. I get it. I enjoyed it, you know, yeah. and, and Ben carried it off, you know, and everyone did really when, when, it, when it came time to it. So back to your question, Daniel. Um, sorry, I'm digressing. I'm trying to. F- it's OK if you don't have any memories no, of I, any of us. The memories totally I have are, are, are there's 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 like four uh, that are really that I, that I always have fun with. One, I don't know, Will, if you remember the bear episode where. Oh, God. <laughs> we had a bear. You had a, the, the the wilderness shop in the wilderness store. Yes, and um, and I love Train of Fools. I mean, I, there's so many there's so many episodes with so many great things with you. But the 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 bear thing, um, I do not remember that there was ever. I remember a bear in the the, the Civil War episode, but I don't remember. Yeah, no, we had a bear in the uh, in the wilderness <sighs> store too there. with okay. Lonnie. I don't know if you remember, but the trainer came in and he had one arm. <laughs> yes. <you> know, and, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like so, so bloody funny. And and you and there's a moment where you you go up to the bear and the bear opens his mouth and he growls at you and we put a fan and your hair's blowing. And, you're, and oh my God. there's like moments like that that you know that just still tickle me to death. You know. <laughs> um, and then there's the moments with Danielle and Ben that I just 
my heart melts. I yeah. just, uh, my heart just melts watching them go through the the angst of of the relationship and the of love, teen love, and the care. I, I mean, you guys just were so wonderful together. So, you know that 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 dynamic was was so precious to me, and I and I uh, and the way you carried it off with such you know authenticity and and, and truth. I, I just uh, and vulnerability. Oh my God. Um, and you were always Mother Earth. You were always the voice of reason, the one who's basically, you know. And I think the episode where you um, you toy it was uh, when you visit the art museum with mm-hmm. the, the guest Starry star. Night. Starry Night. That I think was my favorite episode with you. Mm. You were that really was a good. good. One. You were so good in that episode. You know, you're juggling both Corey and your feelings for him versus this new boy. It's just great. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I can go on and on and on. You know what? I have I have memories of you, and I and it's it's been interesting to get older and um and to be able to acknowledge that you probably more than anybody in my life, especially at that time, um, helped me in my career outside of Boy Meets World hmm. in. A variety of ways and no one else did that you reached outside of the show uh i produced a friend's album and you hooked us up with producers and tried to help it was just my friend but you were like you did uh my parents at one point optioned a script that they thought would be good for me and my brother and you hooked us up with other producers you like actively helped my career and like I don't, I did I just thought that that was like what people did, but like, nobody does that. You did that. You were yeah. so, you were, you were just so yeah. supportive in all the ways. You well, know, you did it that wasn't just about movie. You told it, you're the writer. You're the one yeah. who reminded me of that. Where it's it, like, it, was, yeah. it wasn't, it was about, you, you just had no ego about it. You were just wanting yeah. to, to create great art and you were helping us not just to do the episodes and to do the show, but in our lives outside of the show and man like that's just i love you for that like you know and that continued on decades after the show ended when i applied for my master's degree to chapman it just so happened jeff was directing not directing jeff was teaching at Mm -hmm. chapman and i was like oh my gosh i'm i'm applying for my master's degree could you write me a letter of recommendation he was like not only will i write you a letter of recommendation but come to the come to the university let's walk around let's get lunch i mean that was you know that was 15 years after Boy Meets World had ended. Yeah. So it's well, so let, me, let, me, let me put it in perspective for you guys. You know, I had three kids about the same ages, a little younger than you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being on that show as long as we I was for seven years with you guys, you know, off and on, um, you know, you were, you were my kids. I mean, yeah. you know, how Dee Dee felt. We all felt that way. Yeah. yeah. We really watched you grow up. And you know, and you were such great people. I mean, and I have to say also, with Michael's credit, you know, he cast correctly in the sense that he also auditioned the parents. Yeah. 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 Yep. You know, it was it was an amazing thing to to see, you know, how great parents everybody had. Yeah. Yeah. My my favorite story about you, I've told this before on the podcast. It just to me sums you up so well. Is the week where I think it was the um, weatherman episode. Uh, and oh, you, you, I had to so cut thin. my hair. Yes. And we and I did not want to cut my hair. And the <laughs> it was a network note. And the network's like, you got to cut your hair. And I didn't want to do it. And I didn't want to do it. And you felt so bad that they, you sent me back to get my hair cut. 
and you came to the set the next day because you had long hair too, and your hair looked weird. And I was like, what did you do? And you're like, well, I cut off my hair. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, to, you know, I, you had to do it, so I did it. And I went, well, who cut your hair? You're like, I did. I did. <laughs> and so you went home that hair. night and cut your own hair off yeah. to make me feel better about having to cut my hair. To me, it's yeah, just, man. it's the ultimate Jeff McCracken story. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> ultimate moment. You didn't even go get a haircut. You grabbed a pair of scissors and you cut off your hair in solidarity with me it's yeah uh, who does that i mean who does that it's amazing to me well, amazing you know what, what you do what you gotta do do you still do <sighs> stuff like that for the dinosaurs um. <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to know i you know i don't know stink danielle very stink <laughs> you all died uh, did you i be honest at the time did you yeah. ever think while working on boy meets world Someday, 30 years from now, there would still be this kind of interest in well, the show. It, it's it, it, you wouldn't no, I um, no, I mean, I don't think so. No. How could anyone, right? No, 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 you guys have resurrected it in a lot of ways, too. I mean, there's a I, I saw you guys in Hartford a year ago, you know, your your yeah. your uh convention, and it was so great to see the outpouring of love and fandom that you guys have created. And, it's 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 an it's a it's a magical thing. I, I I yeah, it was a seminal 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 time in our our culture that this, yeah. this show existed and and uh, has given life to uh, you know um, so much. I mean, um, it's and its values are still holding strong. It, I think yeah. that's the thing about the show too. It's it really found a a beating heart that I think. Uh, people really identify with. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard back, my fellow cat? I'm sorry, but have you heard my fellow uh, uh, hosts here talking about our beautiful nutmeg state? You, you mentioned Hartford. <laughs> have you heard about uh, what's going on over here? Did your soup can pick up what, what they've been talking about? Yes. Yeah, so beautiful know, nutmeg steak. He's Thank cranking you. his computer to keep it going <laughs> right exactly. now. He's been pedaling this whole He's time. Pedaling his his seat this this yeah. is what I deal with. Jeff. This is what I deal with. Give the school another nut, will you? <laughs> oh, God. Shout out to uh, the people watching on the one I TV. I mean, we and... talked about his art. It's incredible what he's able to do on leaves since they don't have canvas. Exactly. So it's... What you can do by candlelight. Thank it's so, you. It's so great. So this amazing. Is natural light. I'm sorry. <laughs> Northern light is the only I, I use. Connecticut is beautiful. We love it. No, it's perfect light. Yeah. It's well, place. looking back. It's now where this is the this is the year of the 30th anniversary of the start of Boy Meets World. Unbelievable. How when you think about it, how mm. do you sum up that time of your life and what does it mean to you? Mm. Mm. Well, you know, as I said, I wasn't a sitcom fan. I, I didn't really want to do it, um, you know, but then um, it, jumping into, into the water with you guys was 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 probably one of the finest things I've ever done hmm. creatively, emotionally. Um, and, and I think that, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a, it was my biggest lesson when a door opens, walk through it, you know, don't, 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 you know, I don't judge, you know, um, too much because you'll judge yourself right out of the, out of the game. I've done that, you know, um, on many occasions. So I thank God I had, you know, Michael had the wherewithal to ask me and, and, and push me into it and, 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 uh, gave me that chance, um, yeah. It was, it was an amazing experience working with you. 
Well, likewise for all of us. And you have continued to be an influential, impactful, meaningful, absolutely, deeply, sincerely loved person in our lives. Um, And we are just beyond lucky to have you. Also, we absolutely have to have you back on this podcast (laughs) to talk about when we ha- when we come upon episodes, specific episodes that you directed, yeah. if you would do... do us the honor, we would oh, yeah. love to have you back to talk through those episodes, to do some recaps with us, to tell us your thoughts on them and, and your memories. Um, you're just you are one of the people that like we hope to have as a you know regular contributor to this podcast for the next couple of seasons since you are such an expert. That's very sweet. I'm more, more than happy to do that. Really. Okay, great. Anytime, anytime I get to spend with you guys is is golden. So. Well, we feel the same way. We love you, Jeff. Yeah. Thank All right, you, Thank you, you Jeff. We love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just love you, <laughs> love you, loads. Bye. We'll see you Thank soon. you for being Bye. here. Bye, guys. Take care. Take care, Jeff. Uh, I managed to make it through the episode without tears falling, but yeah. just some welling. Right? Yeah. Or I feel like you wanted to say something, but you didn't say it. What to, to Jeff? I don't know. Yeah, to Jeff. Just I know. I mean, I know how. No, I, I had to stop myself because I was going to start crying when I was talking. About him, so. He's just. You don't realize how important he was until you really start to think i mean he's well, argu- i mean it's just he was so important to everything that happened with us on the show and to us and to who yeah. we became as people i mean he was yeah. just but he, he just had no ego about it none like, that's he still thing. doesn't it was like he still, he still doesn't. doesn't it's just he just he, he i mean he's my hero you know yeah he's, yeah. He's yeah like my hero in in, in how he is as a person and yep. artistically yeah. And and he never made me. He just always made me feel like that was the way he wanted it. You yeah. know, he wanted to yeah. just be there and wanted to help. And in retrospect, yeah. like I, like I said to him, I nobody else did that. Like nobody yeah. else no. on Boy Meets World ever helped my career outside of Boy Meets World. Isn't that interesting? Right. Like, yeah. why not? And you can tell that he's done that his entire life. He's like, well, yeah. what about this actor I work with? What about this? But he connects other people. He yeah. he's he yeah. has a sense of community and help and support yeah. and like, it's just it's beautiful but when yeah. he starts his story with and my grandmother was sick and she had nobody so i moved out you're like of at course 21 you did. years of old course of, course, of course of course you did, did. right of course yeah. you did like that's yeah that's you i mean it's yeah. just yeah he's he's one of the most beautiful human beings i've ever met in my life and that yeah. is not hyperbole he's no incredible, he's incredible. yeah he's incredible. it's uh yeah what he's yeah. an amazing man really is well, thank you all for joining us for this episode of Pod Meets World. You can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. You can send us your emails, podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. And we have merch. Merch is even available in Connecticut. <laughs> podmeetsworldshow.com. Writer, send us out. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers, Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. You can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or send us an email at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. 
Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandies shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. 